Hello and welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. I'm back with another podcast special episode because we have another extra special thing happening, so it all makes sense. Um, so some of you will have seen on our social media at Art on a Postcard across all the usual channels, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, that we have released a new limited edition print run with the legendary Elis, aka Lee Pennington. Um, which is available to buy on our website, www.artonapostcard.com, right now. Um, So waste no time in going and picking one of those up. It has very nearly sold out, so get yours quickly. The print is called Adventure Awaits, and it's incredibly sweet and comes in three different colours and is filled with all the the positivity and naivety that we all need right now to sort of liven us up and get us ready for the summer. So born and raised in Wigan, Lee Pennington moved to East London in the early noughties and entered the street art boom of the time. He began to experiment with his own stencil-based works, painting under the moniker of Elis. After Banksy encountered the work on the streets of the East End, that, that's when everything changed for Lee. The image, a young girl taking a Star Wars at that for a walk, Tells, sells out in a record time, securing Elis's place as a favourite among collectors. The image itself becomes iconic, helping define the early days of a rising art movement. After repeat success with more sell-out editions, Elis receives an invite from Banksy to paint at his infamous Cannes Festival, a street party of stencil art in Waterloo, London. His mural and stencils become a highlight for many of the thousands of people who visit the landmark outdoor exhibition. Elis is now painted and exhibited worldwide alongside key figures within the movement, which we discuss in the episode. The desirability of his artwork is evident in the success of his solo exhibitions and sell-out print editions. And now is no different. (laughs) One of the three colours of um, Elis's print, Adventure Awaits, has now sold out, and we have a very limited amount of the other two colours. So before, during, or directly after listening to this podcast, get yourself over to www.artandpostcard.com and don't miss out on this beautiful print from the legendary and lovely Elis. Hello, Lee. It's nice to be chatting with you. Hey, Rosa. Yeah, no, thanks for um, inviting me on. Yeah, no, course. So um, I thought we'd start like right back at the beginning, as every good story should. Uh, Um, So your art career began up north in the 80s. Can you tell me a bit about starting out? (laughs) The choice, the choice of word of career is interesting. Yeah, (laughs) I got. Yeah, so I, well, like any kid, really, I was always really into drawing you know, comics, I would write my own stories and illustrate them, um, draw my own comics. It was just, yeah, the typical kind of young kid thing, really. And then I, you know, I think I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit and an insatiable sweet tooth. So I kind of combined those two things to, <laughs> to drawing these posters and selling them to friends in the playground so that I could buy more chocolate on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a long time ago. Uh, probably, you know, the 
the reality, maybe I sold one or two, but in my mind, it's been built up into this kind of poster empire. I was like some kind of Bugsy Malone. Like, <laughs> that's the story I'm going with. Um, you remember what the characters were? Was it was it the Ninja Turtles? It was, yeah, yeah. I love those guys and I could still, yeah, I could probably still draw them if I tried. I used to draw them so much when I was a kid. Uh -huh, um, yeah. And just that, yeah, the, I was all, always been really into poster design and I, I remember even at that age being in primary school, whenever the word design came up, I remember kind of like getting this weird nerdy excitement, like, oh, we get to design something, a poster. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like do stuff, and I was kind of like whether, I, I would do my own book covers. So I'd write these stories and then design the book cover and, and really geek out on the typography and all this kind of stuff. And I was only like, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. So poster design and that kind of thing is something that, you know, I've always been into. Yeah. Um, it's funny about the sort of muscle memory of, um, of the, of the drawing the Ninja Turtles so many yeah. times. Like, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, going back into it, you'd be like, your hand would almost be guiding you. Automatic turtle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic turtle. Automatic turtle. It's like a therapy. It takes me back to a, a safe place. Yeah. Exactly. There's a really cool zine. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, and it's called something like "Can You Draw Mill House?" And this, oh. person, this person just literally went to so much, like all the his friends' family. So without looking at Mill Millhouse, can you draw yeah. up Millhouse? And, and some of them are so off that it's just like <laughs> what? And some of them are like they've obviously got that done that thing that you did where they're just sort of it's like perfect Millhouse. It's a very cool zine. That's so weird though, isn't it? Like he's such a B character. I mean, I'm not massively into The Simpsons, but trying to draw Millet, because it's not Bart, Bart or Homer, Marge especially, is so, most people could do that, but Millhouse is, that's hard, right? Yeah. Have you, have you tried it yourself? Have you given I it have, a go? I have, I gave it a go, and I was just useless. It's like, wait, hold on. Does he have the kind of Bart mouth that comes out, you know, Bart yeah. hangs over, or that, that overbite, or is it... I, you oh, know, man, I have no idea. Yeah. Give it a try. I'm going to write that down. I mean, yeah, that's my exercise for later, the Millhouse <laughs> exercise. Um, so then, um, after this sort of entrepreneurial um, child <laughs> that you were, yeah. you then moved on to living in London in the early noughties mm. um, and entering that boom in the street art scene that was going on then. What was that like at that time? The halcyon days. Yeah, it was great. It was um, obviously growing up in Wigan. And then I did my graphic design degree in Blackpool. So, and you know, there's no street art up there at all. So I moved to like Hackney, Dalston, lived like around that area. And then my first design job in London was in um, West London on Labrick Grove. So I spent a lot of time in the East and West and like hanging around Notting Hill and Labrick Grove. So when I was at work and having lunch around that area, we would see these like pieces literally popping up overnight by some bloke called Banksy that you know people hadn't really heard of. You know the press weren't interested in the slightest back then. You know two thousand and one, um, and then I would live, I could get the train back then to East London and Dalston Hackney, and then go drinking around Shoreditch, and then see stickers and paste ups and, and pieces from people like Mysterious Al. Deface and PMH and 
um, the finders keepers crew, stickers everywhere, that kind of thing. So it was this combination of stencils and stickers and paste ups. Um, and it was just so exciting and fresh. And it really, yeah, it was such an eye opener. Um, because a lot of the time for me, like my design job at the time wasn't, you know, there was a big creative hole for me um, that needed to be filled with something. And then the, kind of the street art gave me a bit of a direction. And after um, seeing all this work, you know, I, I was such a fan for a good couple of years, two or three years, and I'd go out on weekends with my camera and document the scene and take as many photographs of all the new pieces that would be emerging. Um, and then after a couple of years of doing that, I just decided to give it a go because I really needed an extra creative output um, outside of my day job. So I, yeah, I just kind of started teaching myself to stencil and picked up some spray cans and started making like portraits of my friends and little weird characters out of my sketchbooks. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it started, really. I remember I went to the, the San, um, yeah, the Santa's Ghetto. I think it was the very first, maybe the second Santa's Ghetto show that Pictures on Walls put on. Uh, I think it was on Carnaby Street. Must have been 2004, I'm guessing. 2003, 2004. And, you know, not to kind of over-dramatise it, but I definitely felt like I came out of that exhibition a different person than when I went in. Like it really gave me a focus like before I went in there I was just messing around with these stencils and it was this hobby something that kind of gave me a bit of creative release outside of the day job but then when I came out again going back to that kind of entrepreneurial thing I was instantly like well hang on this you know there's something here that you know I could make a living from this somehow mm -hmm. um, and it was that show seeing the work by Banksy and Jamie Hewlett and others that gave me all of a sudden like a real focus and a direction, like something to aim for. Yeah. So the hobby then turned into something different and um, it became something I wanted to take things to the next level. Mm. Um, How do you do that? Like going from, okay, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're creating this work on the streets and stuff and that's yeah. your kind of hobby. How do you like think I'm gonna monetize this or I'm gonna, you know, yeah. have a job? Um, well, first of all, I opened like a little shop stall in like Camden Market and I started selling paintings there and my own t-shirts and that kind of thing. So that kind of gave me the impetus to, to start creating more work. So I would work through the week in my design job and then in the evenings I would work at home on new designs and paintings. And then at the weekends I would go and run the shop and sell the work that I produced in the evenings during the week. Mm -hmm. And then there'd also be, you know, trying to get work up around the streets as well in Shoreditch, just on top of that. Um, and then I knew that obviously pictures on walls were the people, you know, that you had to get in with yeah. at the time. Um, I, my interest was peaked with the whole, whole screen printing thing. That was a new medium to me that I wanted to explore more. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I found out. The, the address of pictures on walls and I strategically targeted that kind of very tight area with my stencils. I was hanging around there anyway because I, that's kind of where we hung out and, and drank most evenings. Um, so there was a bit of strategy there and then 
um, and then I emailed pictures on walls and then seen the work because I practically painted it on the doorstep mm. and and then yeah it went from there really so I kind of managed to kind of get my foot in the door and and then they offered me the first screen print release back in 2006. Yeah that's so cool that's so cool just to hear sort of how like kind of direct and driven you were and how it all just kind of seemed to to work out I, I love that. Yeah, um, I don't want to kind of you know it was there was definitely a strategy there but not you know we talk about like, monetizing it that was I did want to get out of my day job but it wasn't about like all oh, street art is a thing I can make money out of this that was yeah. definitely like first and foremost it came from like a real love of of what was going on you know like I said I was a fan and I was documenting the scene anyway Mm -hmm. um, but then I just thought well if I can get good at this um, because initially like when I was a kid like I wanted to be an artist and then I when we were choosing you know the kind of you have these career talks before you leave secondary school and I remember saying to my career advisor I want to be an artist and the advice was well that's ridiculous <laughs> you know you, you'll never have a career in arts you know you will never make any money out of that so what about graphic design and to them like in the north graphic design was you might get a good job in a, like a print shop designing menus for the takeaways and the taxi firms <laughs> and like ooh, you know oh the freedom it was just the potential was incredible um so the advice was to not do art and do graphic design which is what i did and um, so then all of a sudden there was this potential opening for well hang on maybe I can turn this all around and, and try and pick that back up again mm, yeah I, I know and I, I guess like you know being kind of artistic people you do get told all your life growing up in school yeah. you saw everything but like you know do you want to be a penniless artist or do you want to you know there's always mm. this kind of um this narrative that gets spun and you're like oh crap you know I, I've been I've pulled the short straw here because I'm a, I'm yeah. a creative person yeah. but I guess what I love so much you know is even speaking to Findak um the other day um who's another street artist that you might know um, yeah I know Finn yeah yeah and he was and he was sort of um you know, just describing those kinds of hang-ups as well. And it's just so awesome to hear, especially with street art, because there is such a sort of like, um, I guess it's a grassroots feel or it's a kind of DIY feel. It's like, you know, there's something quite punk rock about it. And I feel like just sure, being yeah. able to turn that into your full-time job, there's something so kind of, you know, it just stick, it just kind of sticks a middle finger up at everything that we've been taught that art, you For know. sure, yeah. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's right. It is the punk kind of, um aesthetic and the punk kind of vibe of well i don't need to be acknowledged by any institution mm. you know i can print some posters and i can get them all around town in one evening or get some get a stencil and a can of paint and create all this work and it can be seen and judged by people and you know it doesn't have to go in a gallery mm. um and obviously now i mean going back to what you're saying about um the advice from schools of it being like you know not being advised to, to be an artist because it's ridiculous i think now more than ever with social media and how easy it is to set up your own website um you know there's more and more power being given to creatives and um, by yeah. the year it seems it's becoming easier and easier to self-promote and, and to rely less and less on established galleries so mm, you know yeah. that kind of advice hopefully is, is 
becoming a thing of the past with any luck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can hope. Yeah. Um, so if I think about um, the street art that emerged from that time, there's two works that comes to mind. There's your a girl with a girl uh, taking a Star Wars at out for a walk and Banksy's yeah. girl with a balloon. And they're, ah, both, cool. they're both sort of in that, um, you, you, like you said, the sort of stencil stuff that was coming from that time. They're the two yeah. key image, images that I think of. Yeah. What do you think it is about certain images from the street that ends up making it into, a, you know, the more mainstream kind of consciousness? Like, what is it? How? What? What is it about those two images? Do you think that sort of crossed over into that realm of sort of auction house kind yeah. of fine art? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's tricky, isn't it? Like with the with the Shattuck piece for me, I mean, that was like my first screen print release with POW. And I mean, like I said earlier, the, the reason that got into, you know, the mainstream was because I strategically had, a, you know, I had this plan to, to make that happen by focusing on pictures on walls and using, you know, the power that they had. Um, and so, you know, for that, it was just, you know, a little bit of strategy, but also like some luck as well. So that, you know, and it was, yeah, who, who's to say why certain pieces resonate? I mean, obviously you can, you can have the look and the backing by a certain print house or whatever, but you can never second guess why a certain piece will resonate with mm. the public. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that particular piece, you know, obviously it has this kind of, pop culture thick time with it and it's pop arty and it has a nice simplicity to it and it's not overly complicated and it's very accessible you know it came in a range of poppy background colors so it was easy you know it was easy to hang and it was yeah it was accessible and I kind of think it you know obviously being heavily inspired by Banksy back then it was in a similar style to his um and I think people you know from what I've heard like I've had a lot of emails from people who said that that particular piece was the first piece of art they ever bought. Right. And now they've developed this, they, they, they have a collection of art now, and that was the first piece they had. That kind of opened the door to them in the art collecting world. Yeah. Because it was so accessible and it had that kind of, it was anchored in popular culture. And so, you know, it didn't have any kind of elitist feel about it. It was, you know, it was easy to grasp, easy to hang, it was affordable, and it was part of this, you know, exciting young movement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just kind of came at the right place at the right time. So it was, again, going back to the look thing, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and then similar with the Banksy, you know, Girl with the Balloon, it's a very simple, accessible, positive image. Um, that obviously resonated with people because it's, it's very unpretentious. Yeah. You know, and again, it's, I, I'm guessing again, like the Shattuck piece, it was a, it was the key into, it was like a gateway drug, wasn't it, into the world of art. And, you know, it was, again, probably the first piece that a lot of people bought and gave them a passion for collecting art. Yeah. Because of its simplicity, you know. Yeah. And I love that as well, because I guess like a lot of the, a lot of times, you know, from speaking to street artists and even just watching documentaries about street artists, whatever, that it will be the common thing that, you know, making art that goes on the streets, it, it's for people do you know what I mean it's kind yeah. of it's made by people for people to exist in exactly. our shared space yeah. and I guess like you know to then create artworks that kind of 
you're selling but aren't doing that anymore would be to sort of you know it's it's not the point it's not what you're making art for it's like yeah. everyone which i think yeah, is yeah. Awesome. it's really yeah. really cool and this is the thing again like the street art thing was you know it opened it brought art out of the galleries and introduced it to people who wouldn't necessarily visit a gallery because they'd be too intimidated by that kind of you know environment yeah you know, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily walk into a gallery because they would feel like well, I don't I don't understand art I don't you know well pieces like this they're accessible and they're they're at their level and it's something they can relate to and they can recognize these pop cultural elements and it's yeah it kind of brings art into people's lives and out of the galleries um, and they're honest and unpretentious and you know yeah yeah, it's yeah. This accessibility thing. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then the life of a street artist obviously takes you across the world in your in your work. What places do you like visiting most? And do you have any painting highlights from your travels? I always love going to New York. I just love the vibe there. Yeah. Um, Would you meet up with other street artists when you go? Like, do you sort of all go out and paint together? Not necessarily go out and paint together. Um, I've been over there to paint, to, to do, like kind of be involved in certain painting projects that then for one reason or another haven't happened. Mm -hmm. I won't go into because it was a, tied up with like these bigger, like quite secret projects. Um, but it's certainly kind of whenever yeah, we go there, I try and, you know, meet up with certain people. Mm -hmm. uh, like Logan Hicks, for example. I mean, for me, he was one of the artists that um, definitely got me into street art. Like Tristan Manco, who published the Stencil Art book back in whatever it was, 2003. I mean, I'm not sure now, but Logan was in there. Mm -hmm. And that was one that, I, you know, I, I bought that book before I'd ever created, you know, any stencils. Mm. And now, you know, when I, if I go to New York, then um, I know that if I drop Logan an email, he's always up to come up, you know, Logan will come for a drink, which is always super exciting for me. And I love the fact that that's happened. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing about traveling as well. It's always about the people, like any project. So again, in New York, um, I was involved in painting murals in a, a restaurant called Vandal in the Lower East Side, uh, well, the Bowery actually, and that was, um, who was there? Hush, Tristan Eaton, Apexer, Will Barris was involved, Vils. Um, and it's amazing for me, you know, someone who once started off being a fan to then be involved in these projects with all these, you know, legends and um, incredible artists and painting in Dubai as part of a project there with like the London Police and Ron English, Bo Stanton, um, Ico. And again, just yeah, it's just spending time with these incredible people, rower, mm. you know. So you kind of you, you paint through the day and then you spend the night kind of drinking and playing chenga and getting to know everyone. And it's just and it's for me like the, the highlight is always about the people. I mean, it's obviously it's always great to paint and, and bit painting and getting work up um, on walls in different countries is is just you know amazing. Mm. then it's always the time spent with the people kind of after that sharing stories with everybody else over a beer later is like always the highlight for me definitely yeah there's two communities that I'm always envious of in terms of that social aspect and it's the street art community and my brother's a skateboarder and right. he has the exact same thing so he has like you know if he if he moves to a new part of London 
within like two days he's already part of a new crew there and they all meet up and have yes. beers and you know hang out on the streets or whatever yes. um, doing the thing that they love most and I guess yeah, street yeah. art is it I sound like such a square whenever I say this is it called street jams <laughs> you know what you all yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of I mean that is just that just sounds so cool to be part of that and I guess if you if you have that then anywhere in the world you'll always be able to kind of eke out where the <laughs> where the stuff's happening you know to a certain point yeah I mean god I think for me yeah I've never been involved on that level in like terms of turning up and just um yeah just kind of going out and doing like a paint jam kind of thing I think because I've always struggled with confidence so like oh my god I can't just turn up and stop painting with these people like <laughs> yeah. I've got yeah I need at least like three weeks to to <laughs> do a million drawings of which I'll probably only use one and then spend you know what I mean like, like to be put on the spot like that would just freak me out Mm -hmm. the amount of planning I have to do for anything so I'm a extremely indecisive and b like confidence isn't like way up there for me so it's like I have these battles of like trying to be confident trying to be decisive and have confidence in myself so kind of to turn up and just someone you know someone just like thrust a paint can in my hand and go well there's a wall I would just melt into a puddle of anxiety <laughs> Really? That's so yeah. surprising to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, kind of my roots are in stents a lot. So, you know, you have to have a certain amount of planning there anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of preparation that has to go into that. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I don't know, I always have this impression that for me, it takes me longer to do anything than most people because of <laughs> my indecisiveness and just my own, like, battling my own problems. Yeah, I guess. And then even then, like, even having planned something it's not necessarily like gonna figure out no. how you anyway so no, and it very often doesn't <laughs> um and it's only now like you know i've started i've been painting since about 2004 2005 and it's only really over the past i don't know like year a couple of years where i've really started to relax more into just accepting who i am and like embracing like the failures and not trying to achieve perfection um and that is you know i'm still kind of ongoing and it's the last 12 months especially have been you know i, I feel like i've taken big steps forward with that mm. um so I'm, I'm getting there and i think that's going to start coming out more in the work as well hopefully to try and i'm kind of relaxing more into what i do but it's taken a long time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember there was one time when someone, you know, the underpass at the back of Waterloo. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, Leak Street. Yeah, like yeah. someone invited me to if I wanted to go down there and paint <laughs> paint something, and I was like, okay, let me just do a drawing, like on the train there kind of thing. And yeah. I came up with um a a dinosaur called based on Robert De Niro called Robert De Dino. <laughs> 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 dinosaur, and I was like this is going to be genius I'm going to turn up there they're going to be like who is this kind of you know yeah. painter and my yeah. life will change forever yeah. like down there and had this spray can and it was just like it just looked like a child's drawing of like a really basic dinosaur and I was like well yeah it's a bit embarrassing we've all been there you know I've been there plenty of times you know I've painted in front of people like artists that I've respected for years and just made a complete hash of it. You know, I've turned up to be painted really big murals and not only did they not come out as planned, 
they were really bad murals. <laughs> and this is the thing with street art, like you go out there and you go, yeah, and you kind of plan it and you get the line work down and then you start painting and then something will happen which will trigger off this like slight crumbling of, you know, confidence and then it'll snowball and then for, like it has happened where I've just made a complete hash of this wall in public in front <laughs> of people who are watching and that's like you can't it's not like painting something in a studio where you can you can create you know correct things and then keep pushing for this perfection you're, you're out on the streets and you make a hash and it spirals out of control and eventually you just have to walk away and just go oh, I'm done like I can't you know I've lost the thread on this one totally and that has that has happened to me on a number of occasions and I've had sleepless nights over that but you know what now I'm just like like I turned 41 and now I'm like so what you know paint over it someone will paint over it the graffiti guys will come and paint over it and take the piss and then it'll be gone that's fine yeah yeah get on to the next thing it's like I don't you know I can't let that kind of thing stop me I'll still get out there I'm fine now like I I don't mind going out making mistakes like I'm not I'm not perfect I'm not I didn't go to art college you know I'm learning as I go along I'm teaching myself you know I've just started to teach myself acrylics so I, I finished my first acrylic painting since secondary school the other day mm -hmm. um so I'm really enjoying that and that you know took a few attempts and lots of mistakes and it's embracing these mistakes and just trying to kind of um you know keeping that that learning mindset as yeah. opposed to a closed mindset and just yeah. not be so overly critical on myself and accept the failures and just hold my hands up when things go wrong go yeah so well you know the next one will be better hopefully you know yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so cool. Also really inspiring and reassuring to hear like, you know, an artist as well established as yourself, like still has those same kind of, you know, hang ups and, and insecurities like everyone yeah. else. Every day I come into the studio and for most of the day, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and that is like a genuinely, like it really is. And I spend so much time just kind of just scratching my head, like, how am I going to make this image work? Like, what do I need to do? Mm, yeah. um and yeah. then this is the thing as well it's like with social media you know all you see is the polished finished pieces and for people yeah. you know like kids in school art students or people who are aspiring to be artists just seeing these overly refined finished pieces they don't see like the work that's gone into that they, are, they don't see the mistakes mm. and you know it's like it's like anything with social media you know you don't you know you see the finished like people wake up in the morning and they look amazing and they're always on holiday and their family life looks great and their art is perfect and it's this fake reality that you know sure you don't yeah. see behind the scene you don't see the anxiety and the work yeah. and the mistakes that's kind of Absolutely. behind that behind every painting is like a thousand sketches chucked in a waste paper bin and you know oh yeah like you said the, a process that we don't get to see um yeah definitely um so you have left um a stamp on the world with your art um what do you hope to have said with your work like ultimately what do you want your sort of artistic legacy to be um well so for like for me i think that Picasso said, you know, art, like that the purpose of art is to 
wash the dust of daily lives from people's souls. And that is like the best quote I've ever heard regarding art. And that sums everything up for me. You know, it's certainly true for me. Like when I look at art and I spend time around art, it really, it just makes me feel so deeply satisfied. There's, you know, just something about spending time around paintings that I enjoy looking at. Not just paintings, like, like book covers, comics, all this stuff is art to me. And it, really reaches me on this kind of like such a deep level of satisfaction. It brings so much color and joy to my experience. And I, you know, if I can be, you know, if I can take all this stuff in that I'm inspired by and jumble it up and act like a kind of a curator mm -hmm. and then spit it back out again, but in my own style, Mm -hmm. for other people to enjoy and introduce new ideas and new things to other people um, and then bring some joy to their lives and some colour to their lives. You know, that's kind of what really draws me into it. It's, um, you know, I like to kind of, I guess the underlying theme, a lot of my work is like celebrating like the, the, the hidden magic and the potential of people and of life and, and the world. Mm. Um, so a lot of my work is, is very colourful and very positive. I mean, I do, you know, dabble with like darkness as well. I think there's, I like to kind of find that balance of, you know, there's a necessity, you need the darkness for the light and vice versa. And I like to kind of play with these contrasts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a lot of that really. I mean, for, on a personal level, yeah, I just want to live this joyful life and make, unapologetically personal work mm -hmm. and you yeah. have a lot of joy from doing that yeah definitely so yeah, yeah that's kind of that's my legacy and then to, you know because I have a three-year-old daughter now and just to show her as well that you know you don't have to get sucked into the system yeah you know there are you could you know you can make this work you can especially now more than ever you know you can go and do whatever you want to do you yeah. know keep, keep the mic the right mindset um <laughs> you know, don't get sucked into the system if that's not right for you, because it's not right. For, it's, it's right for some people, but not for everybody. It certainly wasn't right for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can tell your three-year-old's going to be such an awesome kid <laughs> with that kind of advice. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's great. <laughs> both me and my girlfriend, like, we work for ourselves. We're both, you know, work in these creative industries. So hopefully some of that will rub off, but it's up to her. I mean, you know, I would never dream of pushing her into any direction, but I just want to, you know, just show her that she can, you know, do what she wants to do. Definitely, definitely. Hope is with the children. Yeah. Um, so could you talk me through your works? It's extremely generous, you know, it, it helps our charity a lot, having artists like yourself donate works. Thanks for having me involved again. Like, I love it. I love being involved with the project. I love, you always have such a strong roster of artists. And for me, it's such an honour to be, you know, have my name, you know, amidst all those people. Um, so I think what I'm doing for this particular one is I have this little character who he's like, because I work a lot with found imagery. So I spend an awful lot of time um, like buying and researching like really, really old, like vintage children's books and like old family photographs and oh, nice. 
-hmm. I have this little character that I've been meaning to use for a long time. Who's, he was on the inside of an old 1940s children's book cover. And he's like in the book, he's only about a centimetre high. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of, I want to like redraw him, enlarge him. And he's this little kind of traveling dude with a hat on and like a walking stick. Well, obviously, when you're taking a small piece like that and you're blowing it up, then you kind of start to play that it becomes like an element of abstraction yeah. comes into it, which I really like. I'm trying to move more into that kind of thing. I'm getting more and more into abstract work. Um, so he's going to be like a bit bigger, becoming a little bit more abstract. Oh, wicked. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of like, I'll, so I'll do a few different colours and it's kind of like a, like a symbol of hope. Um, and he's like marching confidently in this direction, you know, and it's the symbol of, you know, hopefully we're all moving out of this, you know, the last year has been yeah. so difficult for us. Yeah. So he's, he's in, he's, you know, in the great outdoors. So yeah, he's the traveling man and he's, you know, he's on the right path. Yeah. So hopefully we'll, we'll all have the freedom to, to be outside exploring and back on our own adventures again soon, hopefully. Yeah. So that's, oh, I it's, love it's going to be a very simple image, but there's a lot for me, there's a lot kind of, in there personally For sure, yeah it's exactly the sort of like timely work that we need right now so that's really really awesome sure yeah um so uh just finally do you have anything coming up at the minute that you want to sort of like let the listeners know about oh what have i got coming up? so I, there's i think the next show that i'm in is um vertical gallery in chicago they have their i'm, I'm part of their anniversary group show which opens on April the 3rd so I have a small painting in that which I mentioned earlier is my first painting in acrylics right so I've kind of that's been all consumed it's only a small painting but it's been all consuming over the past like month trying to get my head around that how to literally start this thing from nothing mm. the amount of YouTube videos and books <laughs> and advice from other artists that I've had to kind of like get my head around so that's been yeah really interesting really exciting so that's gone to chicago chicago so that'll be on show from april the third um there is um i've been asked by jealous to be part of the art car boot fair which is really exciting because i love working with jealous and i've never done anything for the art car boot fair before mm -hmm. so that is this is a, that's a big thing for me i'm so happy to be involved in that so i'm chatting with those guys now i'm just about to send i've got like four or five sketches of ideas that I'm going to start chatting to those guys about today mm -hmm. I think that's in May so that's a new print edition to look forward to um, I'm releasing a classic piece on a skate deck edition through my own website in May um, Spoke Gallery in San Francisco in June I'm part of a, a print group show there so it'll be a brand new edition for them mm -hmm. So there's lots going on. And then outside all of that, I'll be working on lots more paintings and acrylics and just exploring that new medium and a slightly new direction for me and combining figurative with more abstract elements um, and just trying to get much more yeah, unapologetically personal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like I'm in a really exciting place with what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. More mural work as well. I'm, I'm desperate to get outside and paint more murals. 
yeah yeah well I can't wait to see um all of this stuff coming out and everything and like I said thank you so much for generously donating once again to our oh, it's my pleasure thanks Rosa thanks for having me on board and for yeah taking the time to chat thank you all right then well take care of yourself um have yes. a great day in the studio all right good to bye. chat take care. bye, bye.